Welcome to the Life's a Blitz podcast with Rod and Kristen. You're listening to episode number six, Honoring Uvalde, Texas. Hello, this is Rod. Uh, Kristen is going to be sending this one out tonight, um, the podcast. Um, joining me are uh, our three guests. Uh, first of all, Susan Fisher. Um, you can follow Susan at Brownstown76. Uh, Susan, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming on. Um, also, uh, Kevin Kevin Rasnick. Uh, follow Kevin at Rasnick underscore Kevin. Um, Kevin, how are you? Uh, doing fairly good, considering the, the subject matter we'll have here tonight. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. And and also joining us is, is Peter Jones. You can follow Peter at the underscore IT underscore hedgehog. Uh, Peter, how are, how are things going for you? Yeah, like everybody else, I'm I'm doing okay, Rod. Um, glad to be here. Not under these circumstances, but appreciate very much you having me on. Appreciate Susan and Kevin have, having me on the show and just yeah. And I, I you know, I, I've said this to to the three of you. I, I really do appreciate all three of you. Um, you know, uh, taking the time to to talk about this. You know, to talk about the about the shooting and and uh, uvalde texas um at rob elementary school um it, first of all i'm i'm not going to sit here and, and pretend to be an expert on this um you know i've I'm, I'm going to primarily moderate as as we talk but you know i've i've watched some of the news um you know read articles and um you know heard stuff just like everybody else but you know i i haven't spent um, 20 hours preparing for this podcast. Um, you know, I've, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm upset and, and, uh, you know, frustrated just like everybody else is. Uh, you know, I wanted to, I, I wanted to get some people together and, and try to talk about this, maybe make some sense about it. Uh, maybe not. Um, I don't think any of us have all the answers or can solve the world's problems, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe by talking through some things we can, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can do some good tonight. Um, that, you know, that would be my hope, but, um, you know, Tuesday was, Tuesday was definitely, you know, um, one of the, one of those bad days, one of those days you don't, uh, you don't forget. And, um, you know, at this point, it's, um, 19 children uh, are gone. Um, two teachers, uh, the gunman, and I, I guess the uh, I guess the the gunman's grandmother, I guess, is still in the hospital. Um, and then we found out that uh, one of the teachers, um, Irma, Gar- Irma Garcia, that her that her husband died of a heart attack today. Um, Joe Garcia. Um, so, um, what can what can you say? Um, um, the family says he he died from grief, which which I guess you can understand. Um, it's just you know it's almost too much to take in. So, um, I guess I'm just gonna go around first of all and let you kind of each uh, each just kind of give some some thoughts on on the whole situation. So. So, Kevin, I'll, I'll just let you start off with whatever you'd like to say. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, for me, obviously, that for a lot, 
really everybody, it kind of makes you think of, of Sandy Hook again, right? And yeah. thinking yeah, that's the worst of the worst, and hopefully something like this never happens again. And you know, here we are, just a few years later. For me, the big difference is at the time of Sandy Hook, didn't have kids, right? And and not that I didn't think this was a tragedy, and I wasn't upset. I mean, I was. It was it was devastating. And then having kids of my own, and then you know, obviously, then your mind goes to, you know, what if that was my kids, right? And I think I wish more people's mind would go there, you know, honestly. Um, but for me, it hits harder when you have kids and, and you start thinking about that and thinking about things happening to them. And um, you know, for me, I haven't been able to talk about this much or or even even think about it. So it's a little cathartic for me to come on here to talk about it. Um, but that's it's been hitting me hard. Yeah, I understand. I mean, you know, I just uh, for me, I think how hard it how hard it's been for just just seeing reactions on Twitter, and just other people, and I think and and I don't even know anybody in that community, so I can't even relate to how hard it is for the people there, either who lost somebody or know somebody who lost somebody. Um, you know, so just to see somebody. Like you struggle, you know, Kevin, just to just even think about it right now. Um, and we're and it feels like we're so far removed from it being, in, you know, being in Ohio, being in England, um, you know, from Texas. So um, it's it's hard to imagine. Um, Susan, why don't you why don't you uh, say what you would like to say at this point? Um, I'm with you guys as far as the devastation. Um, more importantly, um, my wife and I honestly had just pretty much cried the last couple of days. Um, we're thankful that our son goes to school from home. I don't have to worry about that. And that was one of the reasons why we did remove him from a brick and mortar was for the safety issue. And it just, it breaks my heart for the parents, the kids. There's so much trauma being left behind that we don't know if it's going to be addressed or not. And we've just ultimately failed our kids. And that doesn't sit with me. And I don't know how to fix it. That's why I'm here to learn and grow and expand my horizon and understand everything. You know? Yeah. Peter, I I mentioned that you're in England. Um, I'm going to let you introduce the rest of your uh, the rest the other part of your uh, of your family story as you yeah. as you're giving your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, firstly, I mean, Susan and Kevin have just said. I mean, I they've expressed it far better than I can, and and, and Kevin used the word cathartic, and that was. That's a great word because I need to talk about it, right? And 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 you know, I, I'll, like you say, I'll come on to my situation if you like in in a moment. But I need to talk about it. And and as I said at the beginning, it's just such appalling circumstances. But when last night or a couple of nights ago, Rod, you you know, you thought about doing this. I, I, I said the word, I need to have a way to something to oh, just 
some way to express how I feel and just to just to just to talk about things. And the last couple of days, like everybody else, have just been you know, terrible. Um, obviously, I'm I'm in the UK. I'm British. You can tell from the accent. Um, so it it isn't for me to. Um, Sure, I have my views about things, but it isn't for me to try and tell, you know, another country the way that they should do things. And I absolutely would not want to do that or come across that way. Um, I spent some time working in Texas. I met my wife in Texas. She's from Texas. Um, we own property here in the UK and in and in Texas, and I guess that I have a different perspective. My, it's not not better or worse, but just different perspective because because of some of those things. And you know, I will have been brought up not around firearms or around guns at all. So again, a completely different perspective maybe to, to lots of people. And um, yeah, I mean. Words kind of fail me other than, again, I just want to say thank you to everybody because I need I need this. I know that sounds selfish, but I, I need just to be able to talk to talk about it. And I'm 5000 miles away. You know, when. When I hear when I heard about this, I mean, the first kind of the first thought that enters my mind is, you know, is something like, you know, not not again. That this is happening again, and and it's kind of I, I get this just this 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 kind of image of you know of just these you know random people, no faces, and all this happening, and it's like you know we have to stop this stuff, and you know and and, and you don't I can't say you I mean me I it, it's just it's more of an anger thing that this is happening and that we can't control this. And then you start to see, or I, I'm going to say I, okay. Um, I start to see the faces and you learn about the people and you learn about the stories of them and it personalizes all of it. And you realize, um, again, that, that, you know, it's how, you know how real this is for each of these people and for all of these families and for these cities and for everybody who's going to have to deal with this and you know this isn't just something that happened and is going to be gone from the news you know in in a week or two and you know when you carry on with your life um you know that this is going to affect people for forever you know um you know with, with these people being gone and just the, the trauma of what these kids went through, um, you can't undo this. You just can't undo it. And and uh, you know I, I you know I was going to ask you guys how you keep people from being numb to hearing about these shootings and stuff, but I guess when you hear these individual stories, it's almost impossible. To be numb, you know, you, you, you know, if you're a real person, you're going to be upset and you're going to, to feel what's been lost. Um, 
with these with these people. So um, I wasn't going anywhere specific with that. Um, you know, th this is an open discussion, so you guys can can jump in as you, as you like at this point. But um, it, it's just uh, watching the news and seeing all the crosses and knowing that the kids would have been done with school today. Um, it's you know I I don't know this is this was uh, this I mean it was pretty rough watching the news you know I was ready to do this podcast and then I watched the news and I'm thinking man I don't know if I can make it through this podcast or not now yeah like <laughs> for know? me today today was my kid's last day of school and it you know wasn't able to enjoy it as much as I should right I mean because you're thinking okay yeah. how lucky am I how lucky are my kids and to and I shouldn't say surviving school shouldn't shouldn't be luck right but that's right you know what you're thinking like okay i'm lucky um it should be something we take for granted but it's not um you know but so again it's just <clears throat> you, you talk about watching the news and seeing the, the personal stories and all that and i've honestly been avoiding all that um and i, I get that it's not fair to the memories of everybody who lost their lives and all that but right now I'm not ready to read the personal stories. I'm not ready to, to, to go there. I'm not ready. You know, I'm, I, I, numb. I, I don't want to stay numb to it by any stretch, but right now I'm just not ready to, to deal with the aftermath. I understand. I, I'll be honest. I watched the news to, to try to be up on a, as much current information as I could to talk on this podcast, uh, tonight. Um, you know, I thought what was appropriate to do here, you know, should I, should we say the names of the people, but that information's out there for everybody. So I, I didn't think it was necessary. So, um, you know, and there, there's ways to honor, I think, you know, those people, and I'm sure there's ways to help those families in that. So, um, so if you're moved to, to help the families out there, I'm sure, you know, you can, I'm sure that there are ways to, to reach out to them and, and give financial support or otherwise help them out. So I would encourage people to do that. Hey, Peter. I yeah. know I know you said you didn't want to feel like you were overstepping any bounds or anything like that on telling a country how to, you know, do what honestly, in your perspective, what do you see looking in? It's it, an outside, like in another. Yeah. What do you see looking at? It's 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 so difficult. I mean, I, I guess like everybody, um, in the last two or three days, you run the whole gamut of emotions, and 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 as you've all said, it, it's almost I don't know whether to watch the news or not to watch the news. Yeah, I I, I, yeah. I want to know what's going on, but I don't want to I don't want to know. And um, I I think that you know it's yeah I, I I'm I'm trying not to speak for other people, but but I think in general terms, from the outside looking in, the view would generally be how on earth can this happen in such a great country when it doesn't happen anywhere else and i think that's the thing that is so hard to understand 
Um, yeah. From over the years, other countries have been through it. You know, we had a mass school shooting in the UK in 1996. And immediately after that, a whole bunch of gun laws were enacted and we've had none since, not one. And it's it's so difficult. I love the United States. My wife is from the, the States, my family's there, but it's just so hard to understand how this can happen. You know, Kevin brought up Sandy Hook and I think that you would think that Sandy Hook would have been enough for somebody to, and I know it's difficult. I'm not saying that, that, that solutions are easy and, you know, there's fixed positions on either side of arguments and I understand all, all of that and we'll probably get to, some, get to some of that. But so many people around the world love the United States. We look up to the United States, we really do, right? Um, but we just can't understand. It's the one thing. If there's one thing, we just don't un- just can't understand it because it doesn't happen anywhere else. It, 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 uh, and I think it's so tough for here for us to hear the argument. Well, there's nothing we can do about it. Doing this or doing that won't fix the problem. It can fix the problem. Whatever the solutions are, they'll take time. You know, nobody's going to come up with whatever solution somebody comes up with isn't going to suddenly change things tomorrow. It's going to take time. It's going to take days. It's going to take weeks. It's going to take months. It's going to take years. But it can be changed. It's just, we just don't understand it. Just, just, (laughs) words, words fail me. And I've spent the last couple of days, my wife, my wife and I like sad, crying, angry, annoyed, swearing, turning off the TV, trying to do, not knowing what to do. And we're not, you know, not even there. And it, and it's yeah. just, it's just uh, the overwhelming thing, Susan, I guess, is just don't understand. Just don't understand how such a great cu- country can keep having this type of thing there has to be a time when when this event is the one that says now we do something and i don't know you know i'm not clever enough to come up with the solution but there are plenty of clever enough people to come up with solutions to 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 fix to fix this i think sorry well i'm sorry to interrupt but the the frustrating thing is that so the vast majority of people in the United States thinks that not only now, but even beforehand, that the time is to do something. I think there's, you know, and I don't know percentages. There's no way of knowing, but I think it's like 10% of the of the country is 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 stopping the 90% from achieving what we want to achieve. And and I think the arguments have turned into either or, right? Yeah. Either we have no yeah. guns or, or there's no laws, right? And yeah. that's not the conversation that needs to be had. Is it's this is not an either yeah. or. It's not. Is it mental health? Is it guns? Is it, should we have guns? No guns. Like the, none of those are the answers, but all of them are the answers type yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. kind of the frustrating thing is there's there's a so I don't know if there is a solution. There's no the solution to this, but there's got to be common ground. There's got to be compromises, and and there's got to be something where where 
to get better. I mean, we're always going to have guns in this country. It's always going to be a thing. I'm a gun owner. I, I am. It's always going to be in the country. 99% of gun owners are responsible gun owners. Um, but it's that 1% and that the 1% of gun owners are, are people, gun people, and that 10% of people who aren't willing to budge one way or the other uh, is what's really hurting us. Well, how do, let me ask you this. How do you feel about um, semi-assault rules? I would never own one, and I don't. <clears throat> Most... is, there a... Go ahead. is there really a need? For an... Need, absolutely not. I mean, people have used that feral hog argument. Oh, there's feral hogs. I can... All right, well, then the professionals can do that, right? You know, while, yeah. I mean, I don't buy that argument. So there's no need for it. Now, having said that, the most people, most people who own guns like that are just some dudes in the woods shooting at old, um, you know, appliances and, and old refrigerators. Are they hurting anybody? No, most of them are responsible. But can I see the argument of, you know, should the average citizen not have one? Absolutely. I buy that argument. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think this can, you know, this happens. And I, I think, uh, you know, the outrage and, and the frustration is, is the first first thing. But then, you know, then we're trying to figure out who, who is to blame. And, and you know, and, and it comes down to the gun argument, um, the, uh, the mental health argument, you know, who was, you know, should he have had access to these guns, um, body armor? You know, should that should he be allowed to have this? Um, well, the, and, the frustrating thing, Rod. Sorry. Go um, ahead. No, it's okay. That, okay, so Governor Abbott said that it's not a gun issue; it's a mental health issue. Okay, fine. Let's just say it's a mental health issue. Then why defund and why not put your resources into mental health? You can't have it both ways. Say this is a mental health issue, and then not do everything you can to fund mental health. I mean. To me, it's zero credibility whatsoever uh, when he says something like that. That's funny that you say that because I said, I, I was talking to my son, he's 15, and I said, hey, I'm going to be on a podcast about what's happening. And I said, can I ask you? I said, you're young, you're going through it right now. How do you feel? What should we do as the adults, you know? And his first response was mental health. He said, no way someone who's mentally healthy is going to take a gun and go into a school and kill people. He said that monster could have been prevented, but it wasn't yeah. festered in him until he unleashed. And I said, well, what about the guns? Do we need to control the guns? And he said, probably. And I said, so what you're saying is, as adults, we need to address both. And he said, absolutely. And we need to fund it. We really do. So I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think, I think, uh, you, you know, guys, I, I avoid politics at all costs. I really do. But common sense gun legislation, you know, just, um, you know, getting guns when when the bad guys have guns that the that the police can't you know can't compete with it's a problem okay it just is 
um, you know, when when the uh, when the police arrive and, and can't get into the school for an hour because they can't compete with the guns this guy has, and he bought them legally, something's wrong. Something's just plain wrong. Okay, um, those laws need to be looked at, and mental health is the other side of it, and that needs to be looked at too. And I'm, I really want to know what everybody feels feels in this situation. Um, the the gunman, I guess, was living with his grandparents. I have no idea of his, the situation with his parents whatsoever. Um, you know, I, I know he put some things out like a half hour before this happened on social media. And I, you know, I don't know what all happened leading up to that. I think there may have been other warning signs. I, I didn't research this thoroughly. But who's responsible for noticing these things and for trying to, to intercede when somebody looks like they're like they're a, a looming threat to do something like this? Like my son said, it boils down to the parents. We need our parents to be there. We really do. Like he said, you know, um, if you if you need the help, someone has to be there to get you the help that you need. And I don't think kids have that. And when I was talking to Kristen, uh, she that's what she said. That, that, you know, that was her biggest thing in all of this was, I don't know where the parents are, but the parents are responsible here. Um, you know, they, they should, the parents should have been on this, you know, should have known, um, you know, should have been watching them, should have been seeing what was going on with them. And that's a, another factor, mental health and, and the guns is a factor. And then, you know, socially, you know, how someone fits in socially is a factor, their home life is a factor, economics become a factor, because if you don't have the resources to take care of your, of your mental health, that's there's just so many factors that it's not just guns it's not just mental health there's so many yeah. layers to this that gets a kid to a point where he where he does what he did absolutely my son you know when i was uh talking to my son ryan we were talking about it and he said you know for him to wait until he was of legal age to be able to purchase it that festered something festered inside of him for a really long time mm -hmm. and i so that's even scarier because then it's even premeditated for who knows how long. And that's just, that's just, it's just scary. It's scary having kids. Well, in the it just is. And it, it tells you that there must have been other signs too. Um, it's just hard to believe that, that people didn't see things that, right? that should have been brought to somebody's attention. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's easy to find, you know, to, to try to point the finger at one person or, or something. I'm, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are to blame for this. And, you know, obviously, if, you know, if you take any of these things out of the picture, you know, if the if the parents act appropriately, you know, if he if he doesn't have maybe if he doesn't have those guns, maybe the police get in there before he does much of anything. You know, maybe if he gets proper uh, mental health care, maybe nothing happens well let me ask you know peter this is that you know you it's not like we're not sure that has mental health issues right we're, we're not you know um but it seems like we're the only country that blames mental health for some of the things that 
I don't want to say it blames mental health, but, but it just seems like we're not the only ones here with mental health issues. It's not just Americans. Yeah, we're, we're crazy, but we're not the only crazy people, you know, quote unquote, in this yeah. world. So, yeah. you know, from a mental health standpoint, how does your country address it? And, and you know, you guys on a smaller scale, because a smaller country have your own mental health issues amongst your population. And, and how does that not translate into the violence that we see in our country? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a great premise to start with that every country has the men mental health issues to a, to a, to a, you know a smaller or larger extent. But you know, uh, you know, the United States or the United Kingdom or other countries in Europe are not unique to having those problems. And 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 you're right, it comes down to how you deal with those. And and I guess that you touched on it earlier, Kevin. I mean, it it, it is about I think healthcare systems generally, how those are managed, how those are funded, and 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 those and those kinds of things, and you know, and it's fair to say that again, um, and this isn't about what's right, what's wrong. It's that you know, other countries have different different ways of of, of handling healthcare, for example. Um, but but you know. <laughs> People in the United Kingdom will slip through that net just as they would in in the United States or in any other country. There's no doubt that that happens. I, I I guess the major difference here is they don't have access to firearms of the type that we're you know potentially talking about here. And I'm not a firearms expert by any stretch of the imagination, so you guys will know far more about that stuff than than I. But just to give you an example, growing up in the UK, the first time I saw a firearm was when I went to the United States. I'd never seen one, never mind about owned one or don't know anybody in the UK that owns one. So it's completely different. And again, you know, I'm not suggesting that's right or wrong. It's just different. It's just different. But but I think where you have those people that slip through the cracks of the mental health situation. They just don't have access to that stuff, and and so, yes, knives. You know, we we do have a problem with 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 knife crime. Certainly, certainly in London, we do. Um, so that's still an ongoing issue that's 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 got to that's got to be worked on. But but the ability to, I guess, carry out, you know, an appalling event such as we've seen and. Or harder yeah. with a knife, huh? Right. So, so, yeah. so being able to—I <laughs> I can't, I can't even say the words. You know, um, the, the the means to do that pretty much doesn't doesn't exist, and, yeah. and so we have we have you know terrible events, but they tend to be how can you put it one person affected, or maybe two with a with a with a knife, but it but nothing of what we're talking about so I mean and you're right Kevin I mean, it, it, it there's so many factors everything has to be taken into account and, and just doing this or just doing that doesn't you know, the old six degrees of separation thing if you like everything is somehow linked and that's why it's 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 such a difficult such a difficult area and I, and I think that I'm like you, Rod. I try not to get 
political about stuff and it's 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 quite interesting because my wife and I are actually at different ends of the political spectrum, right? And so, but it work it works, you know. And we've uh-huh. learned and we've learned from each other without 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 question. I think the thing that I struggle with, and it's the same here. So this isn't a United States thing. This is a worldwide thing. We definitely have it here. Is that people taking entrenched positions and saying that everything that that person over there does is wrong, and everything that I or us people over here do is right yeah. and, and and it's finding that middle middle ground because you know what there might be a guy a person a lady that you're politically opposed to but actually has a very good idea about something and it just seems that we don't have and like I say it's absolutely the same here we don't have the system or the wherewithal to come together on those things where there's common ground well, and there's a lot and there's a lot more common ground with people than people realize I think well, yeah. the, the problem now is that with social media and, 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 and cable news, I'm going to specifically say cable news. I think local news is not with this, but cable news is becoming one giant echo chamber, right? So there's not different ideas being thrown your way. There's not counterpoints that make you think it's just reaffirming what you already believe yeah. over and over again. And quite frankly, most of us do fall somewhere in the middle and have common ground, but it's the loudest voices in the room it's the it's the crazy account on twitter it's the it's the cable news that yeah. you know that draws people in because it reaffirms what they want to believe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and i and i guess yeah absolutely it is human nature isn't it to to watch cnn or fox or whichever there are other channels available whichever whichever one suits your kind of I don't know, political views to begin with is the one that you tend to go to and it just reaffirms what it is you already believe in. Yeah. Yeah, so guys, just just uh, just talking about guns, I mean, for me, me personally, I, I don't own a gun. I don't think I've ever held a gun. I've never shot a gun. Um, I know plenty of people that own guns. I don't have a problem with with people owning guns um you know or in, in general you know but uh but i feel like i said earlier that that we probably need some laws to to make it um more fair for the for the good guys and you know maybe um I, you know i don't know if uh i don't know if we need to link mental health somehow to buying guns or or whatnot um but uh kevin i would like to hear your thoughts as an owner on what you think what type of laws do you think might be appropriate um that you could see as as a possible solution to you know to slowing things like this down well, I mean, universal background checks, right? You start with that and, and having comprehensive background checks. And if that means as a responsible gun owner, I need to wait an extra day or two for, for them to make sure I'm okay purchasing a gun, I'm, I'm good with that. I I think these these laws, I think you kind of touched on it, these laws are, are that we're talking about are meant to also protect responsible gun owners, right? And, and, and make sure that if you are a responsible gun owner, if you're, you know, someone who has hunted all your life, I live in a rural area, I have, you know, I'm not a huge hunter. I've gone a few times, but family, you know, friends and family who hunt, responsible gun owners and, mm-hmm. and you know, the laws need to protect them in order for them to do what they want to do safely. 
uh, as much and not put because whenever something like this happens, it makes all gun owners look bad. Right. And it makes yeah. now we're talking about really restrictive laws possibility. And now you're hurting some of the people who are responsible gun owners. It's just I think if you're responsible, and I think most gun owners are on board with, with better laws. If you're responsible, then then what's what's the rush of, of purchasing of purchasing another gun? Right. Right. I get that. Absolutely. I um, the new law that um, is due to set take place in the middle of June, you guys in Ohio. That one, you know, I don't know all that much about it, but I know it's not to protect, like Rod said, the good guys. Right. Seems a little scary to me. Taking away training, any kind of, I mean, it's basically the wild, it it seems to me, it seems like it's the wild west. Right. Not only that, but if you also, if you're, you don't have to, if a cop approaches you, you do not have to tell them that you're carrying. Why would they, why would you make a law like that? I don't know how this got passed. Me me neither. And I'm like. Police union's actually against it, from what I I understand. I would think so. I mean, they were trying to save some police officers' lives, probably. Um, I don't know. And then, you know, what? I normally don't watch the news. It's too much negativity for me, and I kind of feel yeah. too much going on. Like, I have a hard time separating me mentally. But um, I've been watching it the last couple days, and one of the things that stood out to me today and scared me was do you guys know about these ghost guns? Oh my god! Them, yeah, yeah. I mean, how easy can it possibly be? It's not a. From what I read, and maybe I'm wrong, but it said there's no uh, check on age, there's no background check, there's no serial number, so it can't be detected. Um, you can purchase it, have it shipped to your house, and you assemble it. Mm-hmm. It's that scary. And they can't be traced. So I think we're that's even scarier if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're kind of on the same page as far as guns, guys. Um, you know, whether whether you want to own one or not, um, I don't really think we have uh, too many different ideas here as far as guns. Um, no, I do think that the the Second Amendment is grossly misinterpreted and, and grossly misunderstood um, for what its original intent was. Having said that, again, I'm pro-gun as a whole, you know, as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, if you're responsible and if you use it to hunt and, and I know if you're, whether you're for or against hunting, that's a different conversation, whatever it is. But, you know, if you're using it in the right way, <clears throat> what is the harm, you know? The harm is when you're not using the right word, people who people are getting the hands of the people who aren't mentally stable. That's the harm. But for the responsible gun owner, you know, yeah, accidents happen and that's on you. But I, again, I, I'm I'm pro gun as a whole. Hey, Kevin, I, I don't want you know, I don't want to go out and hunt deer, but I don't want the population running so crazy that I'm hitting them with my car all the time. Right. 
So that's where and, I stand. And, and responsible hunters follow all the laws that the Ohio Department of um, Wildlife set. I mean, the guy who gets the hunting conversation, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. But yeah. If, you're respons- if you're a responsible gun owner, chances are you're a responsible hunter as well. So I think those people are the people that, you know, I, I, I trust having a firearm. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you, are you guys familiar with the red flag law? No, I am not. That's another thing I heard and I looked it up. I thought it was really interesting. If you know of someone who's having a mental health issue or seems off or, you know, and they own a gun, you can see. This is the thing I don't know. I don't know who you turn it into, but you can potentially go before the judge and the judge can actually weigh your weapons until you're cleared. It's called the red flag law. And they said most people don't know about it. And I didn't. Mm. You know, to keep potentially things that happen from happening. But I I don't know it. What I don't know who you would tell. I don't know how long the process would be. Then again, you're in the court system. So I don't see how, you know. As good as it sounds on paper and it sounds saying it, I just don't think it's feasible. I'm guessing there's more red tape to that than there is purchasing a gun. I'm guessing you have to go and testify against somebody to have their guns taken away. And then what happens when they get their guns back? Yeah. He said Probably that the, not good. Yep. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. So, so it's my understanding um, from what we're hearing that you know they they've tried to put a timeline together on this this gunman saying that he was not confronted that he walked in school door was unlocked um that he was in school for an hour um you know because they were the uh because the police felt they were outgunned and things like this so aside from changing laws and this and that um you know, what more could have been done to to prevent this? Um, you know, people, I personally, I think the idea of, of giving teachers guns is a little bit, is a little bit crazy because, you know, they could, they're taking care of the kids. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I guess if a teacher feels like they're able to do this and confident enough that they can get to the gun and unlock it, you know, I, but forcing teachers to have guns to me would, would kind of be tough. Um, you know, to me, locking, you know, I don't understand why the school's not locked down. Um, and then, you know, the other option is, you know, is doing more remote schooling, which I think Susan can talk about. I mean, there's advantages and disadvantages of that, which which you can probably talk about, which everybody knows about from from going through COVID, too. So, um, just wonder what you what what everybody thinks about some of that stuff. Well, I think arming teachers, you can see, you know, they're not going to give teachers AR-15s or AK-47s, right? So the cops yeah. are outgunned. These teachers are going to be outgunned. And I mean, what yeah. do you expect these teachers to you know to be Bruce Willis and Die Hard and John McClane out there? These te- you know Miss Miss Johnson, the seventh grade language art teacher is not going to be John McClain, right? It's just not going to happen. Um, 
So Army teachers, I don't see the sense in that as a, as a whole, or maybe some exceptions here or there or whatever, but I mean, school resource officers uh, is important. Um, every high school or school that I've been to since graduating, the doors are locked and you have to hit a button and talk through a speaker at a, some point office to let you in. There's no, there's no access into the building. So a little concerning that there was an unlocked door here um, in this specific situation. Little things like that, right? You know, lock, making sure yeah. no easy access into a school. It shouldn't have to be that way, but it should be that way. And that's kind of my question is why don't you have a locked door with with a, you know, where you have to get buzzed in and then have, if you're going to have an armed officer at each school, have him inside that locked door where he's protected. He's not going to, you know, have to face somebody walking up from, you know, however far away and he's going to, you know, gun him down from outside of the school and then force his way into the school. Um, I, Rod, I think a lot of that comes down to the funding. Yeah. As far as, and you know, and they said it was a, a small town. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of funding for safety of kids and making sure that they were in a safe environment. And unfortunately, we have to do that in the United States. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't see giving teachers guns. I don't think that's a good idea at all. Um, but you don't want, we don't want to send our kids to a prison to learn either. That, like, I can't imagine being a kid in school now. Like, that unsettling anxiousness, knowing that at any time it could be on lockdown. You know, I struggle with my yeah. and I have anxiety, so I cannot fathom. Being in a school where that young, I mean, that would paralyze some people for life. Are we going to get them the help that they need now? Because they've been, you know, completely and mentally broke. So young. I know. And the parents. And us, it's just, I just think funding is, is an issue. I really do, Rod. Unfortunately. And I, I agree, but I I don't even know how any of those kids are going to go back to that school again. I, I don't know how that happens. Um, I, I I just don't know. But um, yeah, yeah. Go go ahead, Peter. Uh, I I'm I'm struggling, Rod. I'm re- I'm I'm really struggling. And and to be fair, this is one of those areas where you know it goes back to to almost where I started. This is this is not really an area that I. I don't have experience of schools in 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 the states and and the processes and procedures that that, that schools go through. I, I, I'm almost in tears because I think of my experience in school. None of my none of the doors were locked. I never saw a metal detector when I went to school. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I absolutely understand all of the culture and stuff and stuff's different. It's just, I guess. It's just so difficult to take out of my own ex- experience and try and extrapolate that into the you know, experience that you've just described for, for children today. And it's just. And, and like you say, it's, you know, you know, when I was at school, you know, the only drill we ever had was a was a fire alarm drill once probably every six months. And that and, 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 yeah. that, and that was it, you know, and 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 now. You know, I, I hear and read about the drills that the kids have to go through today. It's just, 
I, I don't know how. I, I guess that children come through it because children are strong and resilient and whatever. But but you have to imagine that that must leave a percentage of of children a scarred. Is that the right word? I don't. I don't. Certainly affected by having to to go through that, and certainly. As you say, the, the the children at that school or schools local to that school in Texas, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, if I was a, I'm not a parent, but if I was a, a parent like you guys, I don't know how I would be feeling today. You know, I, I, it, because there would always be that thing, I, I guess, you know, I hate to say it, but you, is this the day that it happens to us? Yeah. And, uh, because it's been proven it can happen anywhere, right? I was yeah. a freshman. I was a yeah. freshman in high school when Columbine happened. I remember it, you know, very well. And it seems so far away, right? And it seemed like an isolated incident, but more and more happening, and, and all across the country, that it just feels like it's kind of just closing in on on my on me and 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 affecting me. And um, it's not this far away thing. It's not this, you know. I mean, for you. Here it may seem like a faraway thing in, in a sense because it doesn't happen in your country and you're 5,000 miles away. Um, but I think for us, it does kind of feel like the walls are closing in that eventually somebody somewhere that we know is going to be affected by this, you know, firsthand. Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think even if it's not firsthand, I'm sure that, you know, your own kids are asking you questions because they see it on the news that, you know, the, 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 yeah. the kids that they go to school with talk about it. The, and, it, it it has to it has to affect children going up. It must do. It must leave a percentage of children scarred, scared, whatever, whatever words you want to trauma you want to use trauma. And then yeah. yeah, and if they aren't dealt with, then it impacts the rest of their life. And none of it was their fault to begin with. We are the ones that let them down. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and, I, and, I, and I'm sitting here. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sitting here, almost in tears for your kids, and we've only just met on this on this call like <laughs> 50 minutes ago, or whatever. And that's it. I don't know. Yeah. Let me ask you, Susan. How much? So you're homeschooling your kid, and, and have they been homeschooled? Like, how long have you been homeschooling uh, your your kid? Um, took him out the fifth grade. Um, the school he was in, they were not locking the front and the back door. So, so, so was the was the violence, the potential for violence, and everything, you know, that's happened. Was that the main reason you took them out? I'm sure there's other factors, but you know, it was. He, he um actually was getting. He was coming out of school every day. And this is in the fourth, fifth grade, extremely frustrated, crying because the kids wouldn't shut up for him to learn. He was trying to learn and the kids yeah. wouldn't shut up. So tears Gosh. would go. Yeah. We're like, uh, no, not doing that. So we signed him up with the Ohio Virtual Academy. So he does sit in front of a computer. I'm yeah. his, learning, his learning coach. He's got to go to classes. But it has to fit the lifestyle in order to do the remote learning. So we benefited majorly, and I think he's benefited majorly because he's right where he should be now. 
you know, and um, he's testing where he should be. Everything, yeah. you know, good. His grades are great. Um, he's learning. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to swallow as a parent. It really is. Because a well, friend just, of mine. Oh, go ahead, honey. Well, I was just saying, so, you know, there's no you know, homeschooling versus staying in school. There's no blanket answer. Everybody has their own individual needs and there's has their own individual story. But you might see kids who maybe thrive better in a in a school system uh, being in class every day. I think we've seen that during pandemics. Pandemic. Some would do better in a classroom setting. Great. But now you've got these parents, understandably so, are maybe scared to start sending their kids to school, forcing them to homeschool, where maybe homeschool isn't the best situation for them. So not only – so maybe, yeah, they're not – going to get shot up in school because they're being homeschooled, but maybe they're mm-hmm. in an environment that's not beneficial to them. And then that could lead to who knows what. So there's such a huge trickle down effect of, of what this could, the implications for, for everybody. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, during the, during the, uh, during the, the pandemic when, when, uh, when pretty much everybody was, you know, doing the virtual learning, um, you know, I, I think a lot of kids struggled, but that's that's probably because the teachers who were teaching it, at least, you know, where my kids were involved, were not used to teaching that way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so um, Susan's, you know, Susan's son is not, you know, going through a system that, you know, is being taught by teachers who are not familiar right. with that system. Right. So, um, you know, so. So that's going to be better. But I think, you know, from what I heard, a lot of kids, I think, kind of dropped behind during the pandemic because, you know, they had a hard time. They just had a hard time because um, just because everything was different. It was different for the kids. It was different for the teachers. And I, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of people developed a gap there. How about for the parents? Yeah, the parents, <laughs> too. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't too tough for us because, you know, our, you know, we had we had. Um, you know, one in college and one in high school. So one finishing high school. So it wasn't a major concern for us. Our kids were old enough to handle themselves. But yeah, if, with younger kids, definitely a big deal when all of a sudden your kids are at home all the time. And this, I think something like this happened, you know, it forces, forces, not that we, we can't use a complete overhaul in our education system anyways and more funding and all that, but then it, it just forces as you mentioned, not learning in a prison, but, you know, whether kids are forced to stay home because parents don't send them to school for safety and maybe they're not better at home or it forces a more, you know, stringent environment where it's not, you're not, you know, you're more worried about your safety than you are learning and you're losing critical thinking skills and you're just, it's just, it's just, it can affect your education system more so, even more than what it's doing now. Yeah, I mean, th- this whole this whole thing kind of seems, uh, you know, not this. We've we've seen obviously that there are so many varying factors, but when I really think about it, it seems like a like a kind of a a battle between you know freedom in this country to allow people to do whatever in the world they want to do, and and the safety that people should have, you know, not not only kids at school, but people at the grocery, you know, people going to church, people um, jumping on a, a subway car, you know, people are getting shot everywhere, you know, in places that 
they've never even you know thought about fearing their safety before um yeah, that, it's, go ahead that word freedom right i mean <clears throat> i think it's an illusion i think i mean there are certain aspects of freedoms that we have but are we that unique in the world um and do our freedoms <laughs> So you're free to carry a gun, but then you're also get free to get shot up going to the grocery store or going to school. I'm like, is, yeah. what's the trade off there? And, and I ask you, Peter, you, you know, you live in the UK. You guys are any less free than us, right? I mean, I no, And I think that I think you, I, I know what the right word is. Freedom is a little bit of an illusion, isn't it? Because we're all in whichever country we're in, we're all bound by the laws of that country. Yeah. You know, um, you can't choose, but you can choose, but you have to pay the penalty if, to, to drive on the left hand side of the road just because you want to. Right. You're not free to do that. You know, you have seatbelt laws, you have laws about what age you can consume alcohol and and so on and so forth. So everybody's bound by the laws of the of the of the land that they live in. So I think I think there is an illusion about the freedom thing i think that yeah the the i guess that the 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 freedom thing for me is uh, this is going to be a strange way of saying this is that i can walk out of my front door and i'm i feel safe right nobody's going to shoot me right the chances of me getting attacked in any shape or form very very slim um and that's almost the greatest freedom of all is that that i feel free to be able to do as i please within the laws of the of of the of the land that i have and i feel safe in doing it um now what i will what i will say and i you know i have to hold my hands up part of that like like most places comes about from where you live you know if you're living in some inner cities some more deprived areas then that freedom as doesn't exist as much because it because there is more crime and there are there are those things so 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 there's part of that to it um but but i do think the freedom thing is a little bit i'm going around in circles here but i think it's an illusion because because nobody's free to do what the hell they like yeah or if you do you have to pay the consequences of 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 doing it and i think that yeah, and I, I, my experience, and again, it's just limited from from my experience being, you know, married to a girl from Texas and having property in both places, is that I feel free in both places, but I feel free if I go to France or Germany and and those countries as well. So I, you know, I, I don't really see a difference. Is is what I guess I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to say, you know, there are things that we can do here probably that you guys can't do. There are things that you guys can do, for example, the gun ownership thing that we can't we can't do. But uh-huh. generally speaking, you know, 95 percent of the stuff's the same. That's right. kind of, that's kind of how I how I see it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. I guess what I would say is that um, 
we, you know, we, we look at this as the home of the free and, and that's, you know, the, or that's part of our song, I guess, or whatever. But uh, anyways, there's definitely a trade-off, a trade-off with some of your freedom in order to have that safety. Well, with freedom uh, comes responsibility, right? It sounds yeah, cliche. Absolutely. Yeah, responsibility you know, or, or, yeah, or giving up a little bit of your freedom to be able to do anything that you want. You have the freedom to get your license at 16 years old. With that comes responsibility. You have your, I have a freedom to, to purchase a firearm. With that comes responsibility to be a responsible gun owner. And I think somebody, some people get this. I'm free to do what I want. Damn, there's responsibilities because no one's going to tell me what I can or can't do. And and I think people lose the fact that, look, because there is freedom, that means things can go wrong if you are not following some sort of rules, right? I mean, you're, you're not supposed to live in chaos. Um, you know, it's a fun thing to say, like, oh, I live in chaos or I don't follow the rules. I'm a rule breaker. Well, you have to have whether they're written or unwritten societal rules. You know, there's a responsibility that you have to follow those to function in a society. Yeah. 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 Well, we've uh, we've been talking for a while. Um, are there any other topics or angles that you guys would like to talk about before we get some some closing thoughts? On the, on the podcast well just one thing i and i don't like to get political either okay sure, go ahead right before i'm gonna say something political anyway um but why allow the politicians to protect the guns Follow NRA paying the senator Mitch McConnell's gotten 1.8 million dollars in contribution over his lifetime from the you don't if you think he's going to vote you're crazy or any sort of gun control I should say I should say gun control because I'm not done I just want a little bit more control on the you know have the background checks a while. Make sure if there's a mental, you know, disorder that it's flagged, sure, you know, but money runs this country of the people who are, it's, we have to start somewhere, but the money leads to guns. That's how I see it. Well, I think politicians are trained to constantly they're more about being reelected, you know, and staying in power than they are trying to help. And that that's both sides. Like I, I'm, I'm not blaming one side or the other. Both oh, you're sides. right. You're right. Absolutely care more about being reelected. So they're always doing what they can to make sure that they're elected and their party stays stays in power. And then that gives into the conversation of, of term limits and all that stuff too. That's a whole another hour, two hour podcast of, of term limits. But I think it's when you start getting a system set up where it's more about doing what you're doing to represent the people you're representing and not making sure you get reelected. I think until that happens, you're not going to see the change that needs to be changed. No matter what side of the aisle that you're on, no matter what changes you want to see, they're not going to get there. Yeah, so I, I, go ahead. Start with hope and we ended up with no hope, essentially. What you well, there's always hope, right? I mean, there's always a new generation, right? We're, I, you yeah. and I, I'm sure, I don't know you well, but you're 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 raising your kids, your kid to be the best citizen they can be, right? And, and to be part of the solution, not the problem. And I'm doing the same thing. So all we can hope is that 
more and more parents are trying to raise their children so that that next generation has it better and has more hope than us. Yeah, I think, you know, as far as what you're saying, Susan, with the with the NRA and, and the politicians, you know, what I what I've seen on Twitter over the last few days where uh, I don't know who was doing it, but somebody was retweeting each one of the politicians um, statements about the tragedy and putting their, you know, their uh, the amount of of uh, money they've gotten from the NRA, you know, to calling the politicians out. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's what needs to be done. And, you know, there again, I'm, I'm the same, I'm the same as you guys. I'm not anti-gun. I would like to see some better regulations on some of this stuff, you know, so that that's where I stand. But the fact that the NRA is, is, you know, appears to be buying votes from these guys to where there will never be regulation, uh, that's a problem. You know, it shouldn't be that way. So um, they should be able to have real conversation about what needs to be done to make, you know, to make places safer, to make, uh, you know, to make our country safer. And they're still going to sell plenty of guns. Okay. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I don't, I, like you were saying, Kevin, most people are responsible with guns. Um, you know, most most people also don't want to get rid of every gun. You know, and there's a percentage of people that would like to see all the guns gone. Um, you know, um, my my wife is in that category, and that's you know that that's her rights. Um, but I think if it's regulated properly, that um, you know I think that's a great start. Let's put it that way. So um, I think you have to call the politicians out. And if you got somebody in there who's who's not willing to look at look at doing things properly, then, man, we, we vote in this country. You know, people just have to vote. What else can you say? And again, this was this podcast wasn't going to be about politics, but everything's kind of about politics. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and. Yeah, it's the same for all of the great issues of the day, whether it's it's this issue or some of the others that have been in the news recently. And and the same, you know, certainly in, in Western Europe, it's the same issues and the feeling that politicians of whichever political persuasion are not necessarily reflecting the majority views in the in the country, whatever those views are, I think that holds, like I say, I, I believe that holds across probably every Western democracy right now. Um, I think the hope that we have is that history tends to show us that at some point in time, somebody rises up. And I, I don't mean a country, I mean an individual in a country rises up and is able to make change happen. For whatever for, for whatever reason that is a for whatever from whatever po polit political persuasion that that somehow there's somebody that steps up that's able to cut through all of that stuff and it's probably not in the current generation of politicians because they're all pretty much tarred with the brush that they're in and I, I've always believed that generally speaking that most politicians go mm. into it trying to do the right thing. Right. That's my general and it is a generalization. But I think 
I can certainly speak for here. I think the system almost starts to force them to act in certain ways. So like Kevin said, you know, they're then forced to choose between, almost choose between what's right and being re-elected seem to be an either or, not the, not the same thing. And, yeah. and, you know, to a degree, it's human, it's human nature, isn't it? Whether we like it or not, it is human nature to 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 want to hold on to what I've got. That, like that's, a survival instinct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's I think those things are things that are like I say in, in every Western democracy, we just hope that there's a great leader that steps up in a, in our in our countries that can cut through that thing because it's not unique to this issue. Um, yeah. Um, it, it, I've been disappointed, I have to say, with some of the things that I've seen, both reported to be said and some of the things I've actually seen people say on TV, the context in which some of the stuff has been said has been completely out of context. It's been unnecessary. Well, I think that, you know, I, I heard a comment from and I don't want to pick out one politician, but I'll name him because I just happened to switch on the TV at the time that he said it. Um, and it was it was Greg Abbott, who who at the time I turned on the TV. And almost the first words out of his mouth were this could have been worse. Yeah. Right. So. Whatever the context of that was, if I was the parent of one of those kids, I do not want to see that guy standing up there and saying, this could have been worse. It was bad, but it could have been worse. That, that's an yeah. appalling thing to say. Oh, uh, um, and that's not, a, you know, I'm not trying to make a party political point. I don't care what his political party is. Be a human being and understand that that's a, a terrible thing to say. Um, yeah, I've forgotten where I was going with that, but, I, but I, I've been disappointed with, with some of the stuff that's been said. And, and I guess because people are getting further and further and further away from what happened, right? 19 kids were slaughtered, you know, and I, I hate to use those words, but that's what happened. You know, teachers were killed and, you know, they're arguing about whether or not Beto O'Rourke is whether Beto's his real first name, for God's sake. What the hell are you doing, guys? You know, it, that, that kind of stuff. It's, path- it's just, well, it's beyond pathetic. There's no words for it. And I, it, I, I, I don't, I can't get my head around what's going through people's heads that, that think that think that way. Because I, I, I'm like, I'm like you, Rod, I don't own, I don't own guns. I'll never own a gun. But I respect the right of, of Kevin to do so, you know, and I respect the right of, of everybody who's a, law-abiding citizen to, to do that. I have no issue with that whatsoever. So it's not about, you know, it's not, it's not all this or all that, but it is about being human beings, you know, and I, and I, and I tweeted the day that this happened or the day after it happened, a partly in response to what happened, but also in response to the response to what happened that said, I would be ashamed to be a human being today. And I was ashamed. And I'm an emotional guy. You can you could you can see that. But I just I'm five, I'm five thousand miles away and all that. 
but my wife is from Texas, so we really felt it. And I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just like everybody on this on this thing. We just just want to make it better. We want this stuff to stop. You know, That's we right. need um, empathy, right? I think we've lost yeah. a very important human feature is empathy, and, and and we're losing we're losing that. And you know, if you yeah. lose empathy and the, and the ability to understand what someone else is going through and and, and look from their point of view, like it's going to be very hard to find a common ground. Yeah. The only thing we really should be worrying about is the kids. And all we do is yell at each other. <laughs> I know. I know. Something so simple, you know, protect them. They're our future. We're supposed to leave it better than we found it. And we're not doing a good job, you know. No, this is a, a complete failure. But. On a positive note, Rod, <laughs> uh, going back to what Kevin said right near the beginning of this, I needed this. I needed this cathartic thing, whatever you want to call it. And that's why, as I said, absolutely devastated with what happened. But, I, but when you talked about setting this up, I was looking forward to doing this. To doing what we what we've done, and we we all come from things in a slightly different way, but um, you know we we have a middle ground. You know where we have we want to be empathetic. We want to find a way, whatever that way is. We respect the different views of 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 people. And um, heck, you know what? If nothing else, I've gained two new friends tonight. You know, and and that's there. You, you know, go. It, it, it's um. It reminds us we're we're more connected and reminds us that we probably have more common ground than, I mean, I'm the only gun owner here, but I feel like I'm outside of that. I have way more things in common with you guys than don't. Right. So it's a reminder that we are closer and more relatable to each other than what cable news or social media leads us to think. Right. There's no big lines drawn here you know, dividing us up into categories or anything like that. We're all human beings who are all, I mean, I think we're all feeling this in in a similar fashion. Um, I would, we all yeah. have our own emotions, but we're all kind of going through similar I, feelings with us. And, and I would like to think that, that, that you know, if, 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 you, if you've got a group of 10,000 of us together that, the vast majority of those 10,000 will be talking like we're talking now. There will be people on the fringes, but I like to think, yeah. and maybe that's just the perfectionist or whatever in me, the idealist or whatever the word is. But I'd like to think that the vast majority of those 10,000 would be in the same place that, 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 that we're in. And like I said earlier, I mean, I, I'd never owned a gun, obviously never seen a gun, never held a gun. But my, but when my wife lived in Texas, when she was growing up, going to college, she owned a gun, you know, and we've talked about that. Her, her dad hunts, he owns guns. So I don't have, I don't have a personal experience of it, but I absolutely un- understand it. Uh, and, uh, and I respect the rights of those people to do things that I wouldn't do. That's absolutely, you know, it's absolutely fine. And I, I just, um, I just, I just wish there were more of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, 
I appreciate all you guys coming on and being yourselves and I would I would say just being real and opening up and with your real feelings and you know be, just being honest about everything having a you know just I, I would say a real discussion but it's you know um it's kind of gone beyond just a, a discussion it's not like we've really resolved anything um but you know we've been able to talk through some things and and uh you know it's been helpful helpful for me i think mm-hmm. it's been helpful for you guys and hopefully it'll be helpful for for some people who listen to the podcast too so um i would like to give to give you all a chance to to just say whatever you'd like in in uh in some closing words so um i guess uh uh, Susan, we'll, we'll let you go first with whatever you'd like to say in closing. How to close this this conversation? Um, well, we have to actually do something this time. It's like you keep it happens, and then we all come together and we cry and we grieve. And we, say we're going to do something and we're going to be better and then nothing ever gets done it's um what do you call that when you do something over and over again and get the same result i think that's called being crazy which is kind of what it feels yeah um i anything we can do to anything i can personally do to make it better. I want to do it. I want to know about it. I want to be able to feel safe like Peter and walk out the door and not worry about, is someone going to shoot me? I don't want to worry about my son attending um, a dance or something like that. Is someone going to show up? Is this going to be the last time I see my kid? Because of somebody else. No, because of the gun laws the way they are. I just, I want to do better for my son, for your kids, for the future, because we're not going in the right direction. We need assistance. We need more mental health. We need, we just need more. I think more love just in general. There's always a cloud of negativity. You know, always like anything you turn on news related and we need to be, I guess, focusing on lifting people up, making people better, making this place better and doing all we can for our kids and for each other. And I've thoroughly enjoyed talking with you guys tonight i guess i needed this as well so thank you rod for asking me to be on absolutely thanks susan um peter likes any uh any closing words that you might have for us um i, I think i mean susan summed it up perfectly i i've pretty much said everything probably multiple times um so selfishly as i said selfishly i needed this and I, and I, well, 
I, I, I really just appreciate you guys bearing with somebody who's not in your country, somebody that um, doesn't have your experiences of, 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 of this stuff. Um, so I really appreciate you know you listening to to to, to me talk. Um, I, I I don't know why this time it's hit me so hard. It's hit me hard every time, but this time I don't I, it, I don't know what it is that's just extra extra hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that if if more people can have discussions like this, Rod, whatever their political persuasions, whatever their general views on stuff are, if people can have more discussions like this, hopefully, you know, people can come to a middle ground, to a compromise, whatever the words are, and some something can be done. And I, I guess the hope is that, that we understand that you can't fix issues like this but most issues you can't fix overnight and no matter what you do it won't go away tomorrow but every life saved is a life saved so if you do something that saves a hundred lives that's a hundred people's lives you saved um so 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 i think that susan said something has to be done i'm not skilled enough to know what that something is but something has to be done even if it's a little something now and a little something later, and another little something. Um, but that's really it. That's that's really it. I mean, my main overriding thing here is just to say thank you to to all of you listening to me. As we would say in the in the in in the UK, rabbit on. We would call that to somebody that talks and talks and talks. So I I appreciate it, Rod and Susan and Kevin. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Um, Kevin, we'll we'll let you wrap it up with whatever closing thoughts you might have well i mean so to me it's about controlling what you can control and you know, certainly you can control or at least attempt to control and attempt to be part of solution by voting what you think is best for the country yourself and all that but what i know i can control is how i raise my kids and how teach them to be empathetic of others teach them to put themselves in the shoes of other people teach them not to be bullies or just to speak up when they need to speak up and then understanding that there's warning signs with my own kids that could lead to something like this or could lead to maybe not this extreme but could lead to something to hurt themselves or others that i have the wherewithal and, and hopefully i have the wherewithal and the, and the strength and and all that to, to get them the help that they need and and hopefully be part of raising kids for, so that next generation after us doesn't have these same issues that we have. I can control how I raise my kids, um, and that's the best contribution I think I can have to all this. Excellent. Well, continue to to pray for the people who are affected by this shooting, and be sure to give your kids a hug tonight.